Showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no All that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go What's up, everyone? As I mentioned during last week's episode, today TSR will be having a full Carolina Panthers fan episode. For this episode, Bo and myself brought in the two biggest Panthers fans that we know. We want to see how they feel about their team's draft, how they feel about the organization currently, and moving forward. So without further ado, still, Pete, how's it going, fellas? What's up, guys? What's up, Pete? Not much, man. Everything's going all right. Uh, just happy to be here. Happy to have some contact with some friends. Yeah, yeah sure. uh, Bo, how, how do you feel right now? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm, we just went through the ringer to get started, but I'm I'm ready to do it. That's good. Yeah, guys, uh, we got a lot to talk about with the Panthers. A whole lot to talk about. Steel's repping the jersey right now. Got the Christian McCaffrey jersey. Got the old throwback hat on right now. Steel's wearing a, a uh, Steelers polo, which I'm not a fan of, but he was uh, you mean, determined. You mean Bo is. Bo is. What did I say? Steel. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that, but Bo just made sure he had to do it. But, any, anyways, guys. Guys, let's talk about the 2019 season for the Panthers. Last year, you guys went 5-11, and were last in your division. How do you guys feel about last season? Uh, last year was heartbreaking. I mean, that's just the way, the best way to describe it. I went into that season um, with, as a, even as unbiased as I could be, I thought we'd have a legitimate chance to be in the Super Bowl conversation. I, I just was riding off of 2018. We were, you know, 6-3 and pre-Cam Newton injury. Um, he was playing the best football of his career. The team just looked great going into 2019. I thought we plugged some more holes. I thought Christian McCaffrey would have a good year. I didn't foresee the year coming that he had, but I thought it'd be good. Um, you know, I, I thought it would. Just, it was the year that everything come together. Um, Cam starts off hurt. You kind of lose all hope. Um, Kyle Allen comes in. We we win some games. We beat some good teams. You know, uh, Tennessee and Houston. Uh, we we played Green Bay really well. We played the Saints really well. Um, so some hope was kind of restored. I thought we were in the inside of the playoff picture for a while. Um, and then, you know, then all hell broke loose and the defense fell apart. We couldn't stop the run. Kyle Allen started turning over the ball too much and everything was ripped back away. So 2019 was a huge roller coaster. Um, it definitely kept you in tune week in and week out, at least up until about week 14, 15, and then you kind of saw the writing on the wall. But um, went from heartbreaking to excited back down to heartbreaking. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously as a Bengals fan, like I knew heartbreak. And, you know, still talked to me a whole lot last year about how the team was doing. And Kyle Allen, you know, a lot of people saw a lot that they thought was good with Kyle Allen, but – Obviously, he was just kind of a short-season bridge quarterback. He wasn't the real deal that everybody – some people thought he was going to be. Still, what do you think about last season? I mean, Pete kind of said everything you, you wanted to say. Yeah, he's pretty much summed it up perfectly. You know, like, you know, it started out like Cam got hurt, was playing great with Norv Turner, and, um, you know, broke his foot in the preseason. Never was the same. Um, like, like Pete said, Kyle Allen won some games. I think that was – solely just a Christian McCaffrey just taking over games, honestly, on the offensive side. I think we can all agree that Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in the NFL. Oh, no question. That's not even debate. Thousand-yard rusher, thousand-yard receiver. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, him in open space, man, how he makes the first guy miss, uh, just awesome. I thought he should have won MVP last year. That's just me. Bo, did you have, didn't you have him win MVP last year? 
I had him as winning offensive player of the year. I think the MVP needs to be moved to a quarterback only award. Yeah. Yeah, it might as well be. I mean, what's the last running back? AP to win? Yeah, MVP, definitely. Right? But anyways, so 2020 is going to look a lot different for the Panthers team. It's a, the whole roster turnover has, has – uh, the whole roster is going through changes pretty much. And uh, let's go through the major offseason changes that you guys are going through. Y'all fired Coach Ron Rivera. How do y'all feel about that? You know, from my perspective, yep. I think it was necessary. I mean, you're a defensive coach, and you have the worst run defense in the league. You look the Redskins at home. I mean, just a disgrace. And so. then y'all, y'all hired the new head coach, Matt Rule. Did you like that hiring? Well, I loved it, man. Um, you know, Pete can give his opinion, but I, I think it's a great hire. He's brought energy, hired like the most explosive offensive coordinator in college football. You know, the best offense we've probably ever seen in our lifetime. Yeah. At LSU. Uh, Pete, what did you think about um, – what did you think about the Matt Rule hiring? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. Um, I was I, he was at the top of my list, either him or Eric Bieniemy. Um, I just I think like I loved Rivera. I did. I think he did great things. But it, it was just one of those things where it's time for a change. Um, Matt Rule is a, is seems to have a good command over the locker room of the players. The people look up to him. He's he's he seems motivational. He's he wants things fast, and uh, I think with the weapons we have on offense, we need that kind of coach to really show the league what this these skilled players can do uh, outside sure. yeah. of Christian McCaffrey. So, like I said, y'all went through the coaching changes. Like Still said, Joe Brady came in as offensive coordinator. We just saw what this guy did at LSU um, as an offensive coordinator, had one of the best college offenses maybe ever. Luke Keekley, a fan favorite, retired due to me- medical issues with concussions. Y'all named Phil Snow the deep, new defensive coordinator. Y'all traded guard Trey Turner to the Chargers for offensive tackle Russell Okung. And the team parted, away was, parted ways with Greg, Greg Olson. Um, y'all released safety Eric Reed. Cam Newton is gone now, but you did sign Robbie Anderson and Teddy Bridgewater to deals. How do you all feel about the the moves? Were there any that you really liked or, or didn't like? Um, well, I, I liked the moves, obviously, to get Robbie Anderson. He's somebody a lot of Panthers fans have kind of had their eyes on for a while just because he stretches the field so well. Um, I didn't – the Eric Reed one caught me by surprise. I, I thought Eric Reed was uh, – had a great year. He, he – was among the top of the team at tackles. 130 he, tackles, right? Yeah. yeah. He he, bro- he won a couple games on some huge pass breakups, and he did all this while playing through. I think he sprained, he sprained one of his ligaments. I can't remember if it was MCL or PCL. Uh, early in the season, he was in a sling on and off. He dislocated either his shoulder or his elbow. So, I mean, he was just a warrior, played his best season. And most importantly, that was a guy David Tepper went out and got in 2018. Like, he wanted him. So I thought right. he was a, a staple, but I understand. Uh, I think it was just to help move some cap around, help us get younger on the defense. So it everything makes sense. Obviously, I was upset about the Cam Newton loss, um, especially when Matt Rule was kind of puffing him up a little bit on, on national TV. But um, it makes sense. I mean, you've got a new, a relatively new owner trying to phase out the last stuff and really make the team his own. And you've got a whole new regime, and sometimes it's it's painful, but it's just better just to just to kind of get let a guy put his true stamp on a franchise, or else it'll never run the way he wants it to. For sure, and I think that's the key uh, is is Tepper putting his stamp. You know, he didn't draft Cam, he didn't hire Rivera. You know, he he wants to you know put his mark on his franchise, and 
in the end, he owns the team. You know, um, I love the Teddy pickup. I think it. We signed him for you know what, three years, sixty. Which with what quarterbacks are getting paid right now, it's kind of a deal. It's a bargain. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I mean, he's he doesn't turn the ball over. He plays conservatively. You know, I, I think he if he had an elite defense, he could lead a team to a Super Bowl. You know. Elite defense yeah. and playmakers. As long as he doesn't have to de- be dependent on to score thirty-five. Yeah. Games. Oh, then no chance. Because like, games where that doesn't happen. Right. And I'm like not saying Kyle was playing free. Means I think he's you know, a good band-aid for now until we could, you know, maybe draft the quarterback in the future. But I liked a lot of the other pick. I liked Robbie Anderson. Obviously, I liked the to to hear Whitehead pickup from the Raiders. That was a good pickup. Dudes led the Raiders in tackles the last two years. Obviously, he's never going to replace Luke, but um. Just, just to, you know, bandage that position is, is huge. Um, we signed somebody else, uh, Stephen Weatherly, a kind of a depth guy from the Vikings who's had some production. Also just got Schofield from the um, Chargers. Oh, Goal, no, started all, all, all the games last year. Love obviously getting protection in there for Teddy Bridgewater. Here's the biggest thing to me. Think about the three guys that y'all just parted ways with. Luke Heakley, Cam Newton, and Greg Olson. I guarantee you 70% of the stadium had fans wearing those jerseys. Oh, yeah. In the, in the last seasons. I, I guarantee you, they were all fan favorites. And I know it's that shows you the major turnover in Charlotte because these guys were, were Charlotte. They were the Carolina Panthers, and all of them are gone, Ron Rivera included. So I, I think I think it's just huge to see how the team is. is who did y'all – let me ask you this question. Who did y'all – what is your least favorite guy y'all got rid of? I guess Luke, he, he's gone because of medical issues. Yeah. But is, is it Cam? Is it Luke? Regulson, all of them. I mean, what what is the who's the one that you you're like, wow, like this is a huge change. Uh, for yeah. me, it, it's got to start with Cam. Um, to just because I really thought Greg Olson was going to retire. Um, I think, I mean, Fox literally has a catapult with bags of money directed at Greg Olson's house. They're ready to launch it at him, uh, and he's been broadcasting every bye week and stuff. So I I thought he was going to make that transition. Um, and, you know, he's, I mean, he's just he, on and off foot injuries in the recent years. But with Cam, you know, I just, I felt like I'd know if we took a prime Cam and inserted him with these offensive weapons and with Joe Brady, it would be amazing. But unfortunately, I think the timelines just didn't line up. And I guess the, the nostalgic fan in me wanted that to line up. So seeing that, seeing Cam never have that opportunity just kind of hurt the most. But like I said, I do understand yeah. it. Yeah, I agree with Pete, man. Like, you know, being an Auburn fan, both my parents are going to Auburn. I watched Cam in college, lead us to a national championship, Heisman Trophy, number one overall pick to my favorite NFL team. It's awesome watching him. I mean, in 2015, that was must-watch football. He, I mean, just taking over <laughs> games, like really. Um, but at the same time, it, the past couple of years, just been like watching games, just like nervous about him getting hurt or is he hurt. And his shoulder and then his foot, you know, I, I'm just – I have fatigue from that, and I'm ready – I was ready to start over. Um, a lot, I'm going to get a lot of crap from that from people. I remember, Charlotte, I remember but, the 2015 season. I've never seen a season like by a quarterback like that. And and the receivers that he had, too, these, these guys weren't stars. His best receiver was Kelvin Benjamin. He was hurt that year. Yeah, Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn. He had Ted Ginn. Billy Brown. Who, who else? Am I forgetting someone? Jericho Cotri. Cotri. Kurt Cotri, yeah. Yeah, Jericho Cotri. That's my bad. That's my bad. But yeah, and like, we had, just watching uh, him. We had Brenton Burson playing 
key playoff minutes. And yeah. I mean, I knew people who knew Brent Burson and they were like, we played catch in his front yard growing up. And like, we were better than he was. Like, I, I mean, no, I hate to rag on the guy. He made it to the NFL, but like he was a Wofford product and or obviously Jason or Jerry Richardson or old, old owner with the Wofford. I just think he was a little bit of a favorite for him, but I mean, that guy was playing playoff games. At camp, I mean, he was camp's third option. Like, I mean, it was unreal that year. Greg Olson had a really good year in that year too, though. Yeah, I mean, was, I think what I think what Steele was saying about about the fatigue of wondering what's what's next is he going to play is is he going to play healthy is he going to play hurt will it make it worse does he is he happy uh, is he going to make a you know, freak out in the post game yeah. stuff sometimes you know about different different things you know it feels feels good to have more certainty heading into another year absolutely and, and the way our division's built up right now we got two of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, we're not going to win anything for two years. You know, I mean, we're, we, I think we're going to be competitive, but I think we're setting up for a good situation once Brady and Breeze retire and Matt Ryan's getting up there too. Um, so, yeah, that, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm happy for the direction we're going. So, Breeze, Breeze yeah. is an MVP, correct? He does. Okay, so you got three MVP winning quarterbacks in one division. No, I would have had four if Cam Newton was there. Yeah. I think I don't think I think Drew Brees only has a Super Bowl MVP. I could be wrong. Yeah, I no, don't he think have he has a regular season. Really? No, yeah. Sure. So those days, let me say say uh, shit on the podcast that I shouldn't be saying. <laughs> let me get embarrassed over here, man. Amen. But let's talk about y'all's 2020 draft pick. Y'all made history by being the first team ever to use all seven draft picks on defensive players, which I think it was needed, right? Y'all took the star Derek Brown from Auburn, um, Yacho Gross Matos from Penn State. Safety, Jeremy Chen, cornerback, Troy Pride Jr. Safety from the XFL, Kenny Robinson, still is a big, big fan of him. Uh, defensive tackle, uh, Bravion Roy, and Stantley Thomas Oliver, another cornerback. Um, were you guys surprised to see them go full defense, or did y'all think y'all would address something on offense? What, what, what were your thoughts going into that? Um, you know, I was, I mean, I was a little surprised, but at the same time, as it was happening, I wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, we need when you know the pick would come in. I wouldn't be like, oh, we needed the offensive lineman here. Or, oh, you know, Matt Rule went into it or afterwards, and he said the plan was to go defensive heavy. It wasn't to go full defense, and I like that because it For shows sure. you that he stuck with a list of guys and he didn't reach just to draft the position. He drafted the best available guy on, that was on his list and. I think that's how teams, all teams should draft. Um, you should kind of tailor it to positions you need and then pick best available amongst that. And that's what he did, and it ended up being seven defensive guys. Um, I think it's great because, like I said, look look at our division. Um, look at the talent in there. Look at what happened last year. We gave up a franchise high point per game. So you, you've just got to address that. The offense, I think, is going to score points. Um, the problem was stopping the other team. Right. Yeah, and I think – I want to ask you this about uh, still because this was something that me and you were talking about before the draft. So uh, Isaiah Simmons did fall to you guys. Y'all could have drafted him, but you said you wanted Derek Brown. Go through that a little bit, why you think Derek Brown was the right choice. Yeah, man, I, I feel like Derek Brown was the obvious choice. Like, you have a, a defense that gave up the most yards per rush in the NFL last year, 32nd. Okay. <clears throat> then on top of that, you lose Vernon Butler, Don Terry Poe, and uh, we lost Bruce Irvin, Gerald McCoy. Okay, all your depth, all the depth. 
you address that. You have to address that. You know, if you if you get run run on the NFL, look at the Packers in the NFC Championship. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that was a gr- great pick. Um, obviously, Simmons is a freak. You know, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But I think we got a a light version of Isaiah Simmons in the third round with Jeremy Chen. I love Jeremy. Or second Chen. round. I'm a huge fan. You're a big fan of Jeremy Chen, though. I, I love he can come into the box, play um, almost as a linebacker in some packages. So I love that pick. You guys are also switching from a 3 4 defense to a 4 3 this year. So maybe that's why they went all defense, making sure you got the right personnel in there. That's probably a lot of what that was. But what, what grade, Steel, I'm going to ask you first, what grade do you give your draft class in 2020? From an A to an F, what do you give it and why do you give it the. We you know at first I, I had like a B rating on it. Um, and I, I thought more and more, and we just signed this guard from the Chargers, who's a really good pickup actually. Um, out of our first six, uh, the first six picks, they're all going to play meaningful snaps, like all of them. I don't know about this corner from the, the Stanley Thomas Oliver from FIU in the seventh more round. More of a death guy. More of a death guy. Might even not make the team. But the, all the other guys, Bravian Roy, I think, was a great pick. Great pick. I, um, love I think Bravian Roy is going to play a lot and contribute and could have as much impact as Chin um, just because the run game's getting so crazy down there. For sure. For sure. Um, Kenny Robinson, a dude that played, was first team all Big Ten at West Virginia, got in trouble, got kicked out of school, and then went and played in the XFL. I think he, he could be good, you know? I mean, he's seen pro reps. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, seen pro reps in the XFL. You you love that. His story is insane. Awesome. His mom getting cancer and just he came out of West Virginia. What was it, academic fraud? Yeah, he, he, he cheated on a test. Um, you know, <laughs> and he's a kid though, man. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of stuff I did when I was. It's hard to cheat on the football field. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so, so what's your grade? What's your grade right now? I give it an A minus. A minus. Yeah, seriously. All right, I like it. Now, P, I want you to give me your grade for the draft class and tell me why you gave it that grade. Yeah, I'll give a quick breakdown. Uh, I'm going to give it a little bit higher than A minus. I'm going to go flat A. I just thought it was a great draft. Um, kind of, I, I'm happy I didn't talk about this with Steel before, but I, I'm the same way on Derek Brown. As soon as we had the seventh overall pick, he's who I wanted. Um, Simmons, you know, was, was exciting. I think Simmons will sell more jerseys in his career because he's going to rack up stats and make highlights. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't win a football game if you're giving up six yards per carry or more. I mean, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly right. Thank and you. people get lost in defensive stats. You know, they get lost in tackles for loss, sacks, sports fumbles, all that. If Derek Brown can just go up the middle, stop a play in his tracks three yards or less, or disrupt the offensive line so somebody else can do that, that's that makes just waves for the defense. Um, so, you know, you might not get the highlights, but you might. I mean, he is a, he's a – Highlight guys, he's a run stop with pass rushing upside. So I do like um, him a lot. Um, I think Brave and Roy staying on the same position was also a pick that fell because he didn't have a stellar combine. But Matt Rule, having coached him at Baylor, knows about him. Um, I think I was watching some tape on him. He's a guy who demanded double, triple teams. I think he's the true run stopper. Uh, he could free things up for K1 Short or Derek Brown. Um, you know, then Gross Matos was a good pick. We we lost Mario Addison. Uh, he went up to what I call Panthers North up in Buffalo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mario Addison, he's he's older now, but he still leads the team of sacks every single year. I think he's fourth in franchise history. So we had to replace him. Mario. Yeah, uh, I think it's gonna be a nice compliment to Brian Burns. 
Uh, I'll probably talk about him a little later. Um, I got some stats for y'all. But uh, yeah. Chin, I guess, <laughs> is one of my I favorites. Think that, I think that pick of um, Jeremy Chin kind of is the reason the Derek Brown pin pick is like why no one's really missing um, right. I Isaiah think, Simmons. Mm-hmm. So I, no one really cares if you didn't Jeremy have Chin, that chin aspect where he could play nickel and all, you know, yeah, you'd really Jeremy be missing Chin. that Isaiah Simmons player. We're talking about Yitro Gross Matos. You got a cool um, bit of info on Matt Rule being from Penn State as a walk-on. So, mm-hmm. so tell him a little bit about that. That was kind of cool when you told me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't read too much into it, but I didn't know Matt Rule played college football, and especially walking onto a big program like Penn State. I mean, that's pretty serious. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. Gross Matos was a bigger uh, prospect coming out of high school, but just that connection, you know he still got ties to the university. So, and some people think that that y'all could have reached on Gross Matos. I don't think that, but Rule definitely doesn't think that. No, no Rule absolutely doesn't. And I think that that yeah, because he has. I'm just sure he has ties to Penn State. Those guys that have friends in those offices, they are talking to them constantly, especially now where they can't spend any time with them. Right. Yeah. Well, I think Gross Matos is uh, Gross Matos is. Um, Definitely, he's raw, but he has like such a high potential. He's got all the physical tools too, and like like yeah. Pete said, gonna fit perfectly beside uh, Brian Burns. I think oh that's gosh. gonna be amazing to watch. So so who's your who's your front four? Who's your starting front four next year? Um, I don't know if, if Gross Matis will start. He, yeah, he's definitely gonna play tough. meaningful reps, but I mean, you have Burns, obviously KK Short, Derek Brown, and Gross Matos. Um, Steven Weatherly from the Vikings that we just got. I mean, it's a pretty formidable front four right there. Um, it is a good front four. What do you think, Pete? What do you think about your front yeah, four next year? I, I think it's going to be stout, and I think it's it's relatively – obviously, it's mostly young. It's going to last for a while. Um, I think I think with the extra defensive tackle help, we can get K1 short back to kind of rush the pass or something too. I mean, because back in 2015, he had 11 or 12 sacks up the middle. I mean, that's those are Aaron Donald numbers. Um, we've also, I think, uh, the coaches really like F.A. Obada, you know, the, the British wonder. Um, <laughs> I think he's really raw still, even though he's a little bit older, but he's, he's a physical specimen. He's an athlete and he's just big and strong. And if, if he can develop some of those edge rushing skills, I think we'll have a nice rotation of guys. I think Brian Burns needs to play the opposite of last year, play all the minutes he can. And then on the other edge, we could, you know, rotate Gross Matos, uh, F.A. Obata, the Weatherly from the Vikings. I, I think you've got yourself a good a good pace for a pass rush and a, and a stout front four. You know, and we got, you know, Christian Miller and Marquise Haynes, too, who could add depth. Um, yep. We added in the draft last year, so. As, well, as far pick. as the rest of the draft goes, you know, uh, I love the Troy Pride pick. I mean, he's another – he's a guy who can sometimes run a sub 4-4. Four, four. You know, you put him out there with Dante Jackson, and we've got speed. Um, right. Matt Rule clearly does. We might get beat deep some this year while they're young, but we won't be giving up as many six, seven yard plays because we can fly to the ball a lot faster. Um, I like Kenny Robinson. He's a he's an athlete uh, back on Chin. I think Chin's the closest thing to to Simmons in the draft. Um, Stanley Thomas Oliver. I mean, I was a little hurt over this pick just because we could have gotten my my fellow Wahoo and Bryce Hall, who was a projected top fifteen. Draft pick before he broke his ankle. Um, I think he, he got the seventh round. Yeah, he got negatively he impacted because I think Corona and uh, you know 
and all the scares of, of teams not being able to see him and see his health in person. So he fell. The Jets got him. Their fan base was ecstatic about it. Um, he's just uh, – I thought he'd be a starting quality corner. But I guess the Stanley Thomas Oliver, again, is a little bit faster. I think Hall – So, Pete, I want to say this about Bryce Hall. I was assigned to scout him for Blitzalytics. He uh, is probably the best tackling corner in the draft. Or it was – the best tackling corner in the draft so physical like you said man the uh the doctor's not being able to evaluate him with the ankle injury because that was a gruesome injury um mm. that's really what hurt him like you said this guy could have been a top three corner on the board and I, and I think it's a shame that he failed but like you said the jets are absolutely ecstatic that they got a guy like that yeah he's uh, and, uh, and, uh, uh just, he just he reminded me of james bradbury i mean they play similar style they're they're not super fast they're in the right space at the right time. They're, they're going to prevent the ball from getting thrown their direction a lot. Good zone corners for sure. Very good. Very good zone corners. To, to, touch on, to touch on what you were talking about, how he got affected because no one could evaluate him medically, I heard uh, this morning on another podcast that I listened to, I know that there's no other podcast than the TSR That's podcast, right. but uh, <laughs> there were 78 – Incomplete medicals uh, during this draft process. It's unreal. That yeah. is unreal. But because of everything. Yeah. And so imagine how many guys got hurt from that. Well, what hurt a lot of, a lot of guys too is no pro days. These scouts yep. can't come out and see these players. And yeah. that, that's what a lot of guys, they rely on those pro days because some of them don't mm-hmm. go to the combine because of the pro days. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, you know, they don't perform at the combine because of the and it, it, makes, they want to... it makes the teams take the safer option. You know, you stick with the bigger names, you stick with the bigger schools because you, you can't go get these pro days at these small schools and you just don't know as much information about what you're getting. So you're going to stay a little on the safer side and not take the guy with the injury and not take the guy from didn't play in the SEC or something. Right. You know, I think that's the exact reason that uh, Cam hasn't been picked up yet. Is the, the doctor evaluations? You can't get your doctors to look at him. Yep. You know? And that probably is. I haven't even thought about that, but that's probably exactly right. I guarantee you that's what it Cam's is. Cam's too good not to be on the team. Can I get a quick prediction for where he's going to land? That's tough. I thought the Chargers, but they took Herbert. I don't yeah, see him going to Pats. No. I was Pats heavy on, on San Diego, especially or San Diego. I, I know. I've heard Bo do that a couple times of Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they uh, they know fit right. They want a mobile quarterback, but um, they brought in Tri Turner and McCann are buddies. Um, I still think I, I'm leaning Jacksonville now. Um, they they came out the other day and said that you know um, Minshew was their guy, but then they added on to that quote saying that if they can improve, there's areas they can improve and stuff. So to me, that looks like they might be willing to bring in a veteran for a year or two. And that, that screams yeah. Cam Newton. Um, yeah, I could see it. I could see him with Jacksonville. But let's not stray too far away from the draft because this is what me and Bo do constantly. We ramble. <laughs> um, Bo, did you get give them a grade for their draft? Did you do a grade? I did a grade for the Panthers draft. I don't know if you did. I, I did. Okay. Um, I gave them an A-, minus, um, and I just oh, like right. steal. I fluctuated between the B and the A. But essentially, I picked the A, A-, minus. Because I felt that they didn't reach for anything. Everything they have, they let it come to them. Um, if they had gone with some wild draft pick, and I don't really have a comp for that, but right. everyone's seen a team reach before. And I don't think they did that at all. And I think, I mean, they passed on 
Julian Okawa, uh, Zach Vaughn, Vaughn and Daryl Taylor, and Epinesa for Chris Montes. And, I mean, those are all – they all could have gone in that range. Absolutely. For sure. So I think that they knew what they wanted. They waited for it. They – it's like they knew where they were going to fall. You know, it's like they it's like they knew. And I mean, I think it was a pretty perfect draft. Maybe some secondary question on the back end on the contribution between uh, Robinson and Thomas Oliver. But you have a couple of years to work that out. Sure, for sure. Because like Steele said, you probably won't see the big benefits of this draft until two years from now. Well, I think the big thing is Matt Rule just showed up and was just extra aggressive in his drafting. I love it. Like that, that's huge. It's a memorable it's first huge draft. Because obviously, Steelers, you're a big Steelers fan, Bo. You love seeing the Steelers draft because they normally draft well. I'm a Bengals fan. I don't get that much. So, you know, it's, it's a big thing, especially when you have a new coach coming in. He's already being that aggressive. That's huge. My grade for the class, so it was a B plus because I had y'all not addressing the offensive line. But then y'all got Schofield. So that made it an A+. Plus. I don't think they reached for anybody. I think they were aggressive. They went for exactly what they needed um, on the defense. They didn't really need anything on offense. Like like I said, they probably already knew they were going to get Schofield. Honestly, that's probably why they didn't address it. Yeah. But I think they couldn't have done any better in this draft. They were one of the winners um, from the draft for me. So so I, I'm uh, very happy with what they did, and I know you guys are too. Absolutely. But um, let's talk about the depth chart moving forward. Let's talk about on offense. You guys are pretty set. Um, and still, me and you talk about this a lot. At quarterback, you got Bridgewater, one of the most highly coveted free agent quarterbacks. Running back, you got the best running back in football, Christian McCaffrey. Wide receiver, Jay Moore. Wide receiver, Robbie Anderson. Wide receiver, Curtis Samuel. That's amazing. Say that again, those wide receivers. Whew. DJ Moore, right Robbie there. Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. That, that's, that's a great receiving core. Obviously, you lost Greg Olson at tight end, but you do have Ian Thomas. I'm a big believer in Ian Thomas. A lot of people I talk to are not. What is your thoughts believer. on it, Pete? Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, Pete. Yeah, I'm a I, huge I've been believer. high on Ian Thomas since we drafted him. The only downside to Ian Thomas when we drafted him was he didn't play a whole lot in college. He, he has a short – he's pretty new to football if you look back at his life. Um but that being said, he's he's runs great routes. He's an athlete, and if you look back at the game, Greg Golson missed a couple games last year. Uh, you know he had a he played really well. Uh, I think he continues to get better every year, and I think the stars are aligning for him to have his breakout year this coming year. Um, I just think he he's benefiting from being behind Greg Olson for so long. Um, the other guys, the, you know, Chris Manhurts has been, I know, a big teacher to him. I think Chris Manhurts is a guy who has the mind and is a good blocking tight end. He doesn't have the athleticism to be a good pass catcher, but he knows what to do. Um, so I think he's had good mentors. I think he's got all the raw abilities. And I just think, I don't, I just think the guy can play and we'll see it this year. Yeah. yeah I'm a big Ian Thomas fan. Actually, funny story like, um, when he, the summer he got drafted, um, he actually moved into my same apartment building, and I, I met him a few days after the draft in the elevator, and the nicest guy ever. Um, not a physically imposing tight end. He's like a little like six two and some change. Um, but you know, I, I asked him. He's like learning from the best, referring to Greg Olson, and I love that. So. Um, the, the cool thing about living in Charlotte for you is you get to see these. You say you've seen Cam Newton. I've like, never seen Cam Newton. Oh, okay, maybe not seen Cam Newton. You told me you've seen guys like going down the street, walking down the street. Yeah. Um, you ever seen him in bars or anything in Charlotte? No, I don't. I think that'd be a bad look. <laughs> it probably would be a bad look, but you know they do it. You know they're they're people too. They go out and they have fun. Um, yeah. 
But I think it's you're pretty much a stone's throw from the stadium. You're oh, always yeah. sending me pictures of the stadium. Um, Pete, you'll know this guy, uh, backup corner, Corn Elder. Oh yeah. He uh, he lived across the hall from me, so I saw him all the time. But uh, he he didn't turn out to be that much. But he's uh, he's a lot of fans are mad at him still for that 2018 game against the Seahawks when it gave up. Oh yeah, that 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 shoulder throw from Russell Wilson (laughs) stuff nightmares. But I I like he came out of Miami, so I got we got to watch him in college. Some being ACC. So still, how do you feel about the offense? Well, we'll, I'm going to jump into the offensive line here in a minute, but let's talk about your weapons. Like I said, Bridgewater, McCaffrey, Moore, Anderson, Samuel, Ian Thomas, a tight end. How do you feel about all that? You know, it's just dynamic, man. Um, All guys that have speed. We don't even need to talk about McCaffrey. You know, we don't even need to address that. He's the best back in the league. Next question. Uh, But Curtis Samuel's got 4-3 speed. I think he's a really underrated receiver. Um, you know, DJ Moore, obviously Robbie Anderson takes the top off of the defense. Um, and we'll see what Ian Thomas has, you know. But uh, I think the, the new Joe Brady system is going to it's gonna be explosive. Maybe not this year, but, I mean, we just saw – look what he did to the SEC last year. Oh, yeah. Look what he did for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow owes everything to Joe Brady, you know, so – Obviously, Joe Burrow put the work in and has talent. Don't get me wrong. That's my sense right there. You go from a fifth-round <laughs> pick to a number-one overall pick. I mean, that's some You go from a nobody. Yeah, yeah. Nobody. Um, I did not know who Joe Burrow was until this season happened. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't. Um, and I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow. I don't, I don't want to take that any away from him. I mean, he's going to be a, he's gonna be a stud. But uh, I, I think, the all, like Pete said earlier, I think the offense is going to put up a lot of points. Um, the defense is going to have some growing pains. But I think if these, these young guys grow, like, I think Derek Brown has superstar potential. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, he, he's, the dude's 6'5", 320 pounds. He's a freak. Fletcher so, Cox, 2.0. Um, Warren Sapp. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got to say, say this about Derek Brown real quick. What I was talking to you about earlier, but I don't know if you guys saw this article, but the Panthers have now named uh, – and they call him Baby Barack. You ever seen that? <laughs> yeah. But they yeah, named have... him the Secretary of Defense. That's I what love they call him like the, now, the Secretary of Defense. So I, I had to throw that in there. But I think I'm glad we're Brown. still doing that because that's that's what they were not we're not really discussing. And losing Cam Newton, we were losing the team. Cam gave everybody on the team a nickname. So I'm glad to see we're starting strong with the new rookie giving him a good nickname because the, yeah. I will miss Cam's nicknames for every player. Well, like still said, Derek Brown's gonna be a stud. You can see that in his tape. He has so much power. He's polished coming out. Um Ken Law, him and Ken Law. Ken Law, I think, has a higher ceiling, but Derek Brown's the guy you take earlier because you want the production right now. Um, and, he, and I'm not saying Ken Law's going to be a whole lot better, but Derek Brown is a stud. That's why you take him that high in the draft. That's why he's seventh overall. Um, I think he has all pro potential, if you want me to be quite honest with you, I, I think. But would you agree with that? Do you see all pro potential in Derek Brown? I do. I, do. I mean, I definitely see a pro ball in his near future. Oh, absolutely. I'd say by his second um, season, he may be I a think pro he- I think he's going to be more of a of a fan favorite uh, household name than some people could give him credit for. Um, I think he already is down in the SEC country. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time till the rest of the country follows. Uh, he's a dominant player. He's great with his hands. Mm-hmm. Sets his moves up throughout the game. Handles the double team. That's just that's the formula for a superstar. You know, in the inside on defensive line. The only problem on offense for me for you guys, and there's not many. It's just one is backup running back. The rotation is Christian McCaffrey, and then 
who, I mean, where do you, where do you go from there? That that's kind of what I do worry about. We drafted so, Jordan Scarlett out of Florida last year. Um, yep. He he spent a lot of time hurt. We just signed uh, the running back from uh, Minnesota. His name's escaping me. Has an undrafted free agent. You know what I'm talking about, Pete? From the Gophers, yeah. yeah. Oh, Rodney uh, something. Yeah, yeah, Rodney yeah. Smith. Uh, yeah. And we also, I think we still have Mike Davis under contract from the Bears. You do? We do. Okay, um, I did and, not know you also have Mike Davis. You know what? Davis. And I'm I'm a believer in Reggie Bonathon. Um, He came uh, in last year a few times for McCaffrey, and he broke some big runs. I think he runs hard. I think he can catch balls. I, I think he can keep the scheme the same. But um, I agree another 100%. thing is, um, you know, Matt Rule and, and Joe Brady have talked about Curtis Samuel at Ohio State has 1,200 receiving yards, but he also has 12,000 rush or 1,200 rushing yards. The dude can line up in the backfield, and rules already hit to the, that. Were those that were those staple uh, like runs from like behind quarterback, like like or like like actual runs, or those like yeah. jet sweeps? A lot of them were a lot of them were lining up in the backfield. He he couldn't almost entered the draft as a running back. He just wasn't quite. Yeah, Curtis guess, Samuel wide Ohio State. He's- his tape at Ohio Paris State. Paris Campbell. No, it's more. It's better than Paris. It's impressive. It's it's Ohio, he could wow. do like, anything. <laughs> he could do anything. Yeah. I mean, and Ohio State in my mind, I think is wide receiver university. Uh, they that put was it, the plan. Talent, I think, at wide receiver. They, you you can debate it, but I, yeah. I think they are. Uh, but Curtis Samuel, like y'all said, coming out, I think, because I always like when players go to the Panthers. I, I, not just because it's close to here, but I think the Panthers have a unique style in their offense, and they get everybody involved, and they kind of had this swagger about them. And I think they picked the perfect players to play in that offense. Curtis Samuel, you couldn't ask for someone else to be um, in that offense and make highlight plays, but also be kind of underrated too, so so the defense doesn't check in on them as much. I just really like Curtis Samuel in that offense. Like you said, I think he's underrated. Yeah, I mean, CMC yeah, aside, he's my favorite player on the team. Yeah, he, he's you got that same jersey. I have not got a same jersey. I might have to get a watch. They're talking about trading him. I hope they don't trade him. Um, yeah, but if I am a little. We don't scared, trade. But... I'll definitely cop that jersey. Uh, Pete, let me let me hear your list of Panthers jerseys, man. How many uh, jerseys do you have? <laughs> oh man, let's see. I think I'm up to eleven or so. Let me see. I've got so the first jersey I ever got was Steve Smith. Uh, my, that's, that's the goat. Got to go, Steve Smith. Yeah, um, and then I got a Julius Peppers. Uh, both of these are old Reebok jerseys, so you know I'm legit. Um, <laughs> and then D'Angelo Williams, also a Reebok jersey. Um, and then I think I kept all of those three for a while. I got my first Cam Newton jersey as rookie year. Got that one in black. I over the next two, the next you know nine years, I ended up getting a Cam Newton jersey in every color. So I have three Cam Newton jerseys. Um, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, got that when he was drafted. Um, I just got a Shaq Thompson before Luke Geekly retired. I got that last year uh, at Christmas. Um, I've got Luke Geekly. I've got – I got a Wesley Walls one. I'll admit I had to eBay that one because he was a little bit before I was buying jerseys. Um, it was a throwback. Just a and little – yeah, he was Greg Olson before Greg Olson. So I got that for the – I went down to that Hall of Honor expansion game where he was – he gave a little speech. Um, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody, but I'm sure there will be more on the way in the, probably, honestly, in a few weeks. Who knows? You have Shaq Thompson now? Yeah, I think yeah, Shaq Thompson. Yeah, I, knew yeah, I missed that. I missed that. Pete, I hope uh, we don't grade fans. Fans by how many jerseys they have because I only have one Bengal jersey, yeah, so I uh, probably look like a really shitty fan. Uh, but I try to get jerseys. Their jerseys, you know. 
I mean, yeah, it's true. just a thing. I, I I like wearing them. I like I like collecting them. Um, but that doesn't. I don't think it's a testament to how good of a fan you are. Um, by any means, it's just yeah, you know. it's just monetary. It's just money. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they I can mean, be very expensive too. But I am gonna cop that Joe Burrow jersey. They just hit oh, the show. Yeah, Got to get the Joe Burrow. Uh, um, I want to get Geno Atkins too. So, so that's on my shopping yeah, list. Yeah, should have been uh, had that. Should have been had yeah. that. But um, still, no, you're kind of um, clever in the way you get your jerseys. You always want to get jerseys that other people don't have. Like, oh, yeah. And then you said you want Curtis Samuel, but you got Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Obviously, you had Cam Newton. Keekly. I did not have a Keekly jersey. I had a Greg Olson jersey. Greg Olson. Okay. Greg Olson. My first Panthers jersey, you'll know this one, Pete, was Steve Berline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that so, was the OG QB one, right? The OG. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a broadcaster now for NFL games, but um, you know, obviously all all the other ones other than McCaffrey uh, are gone now, so I'm gonna have to. I like the Shaq one. I might have to get that one. Yeah. You know what you need to do? You I'm, need to take like the Cam Newton one and the Greg Olson one and get them framed in like shadow boxes and just put them up on the wall. Yeah, actually, that would be tight. Have like a man cave. Have a man cave for yeah. them. Yeah, that's what I'm doing with mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm like on man cave stuff. Yeah, yeah, I had to make sure Bo didn't wear his, wear his uh, Minka uh, jersey. <laughs> Just yeah. came, baby. I, I can't, fresh, I can't, man. I can't oh, handle God. the Steelers jerseys, man. I can't do it. You got, you got a Love Bell one, right? Oh yeah, I got Love Bell. That's you got the, Antonio Brown. That's the only one I ever bought that was stitched. <laughs> oh yeah, my yeah. favorite non-Panther. Dude, I when like we when the Steelers took Love Bell, I fell in love instantly. Pete can attest because he was around for those like. I'd never shut the hell up about him. I mean, it was, it was, I wore his jersey every week for like a season. He ripped us in a prime time game. You know that game? I was there. Uh, yeah. he, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, we there. Him and LeGarrette Blount. He had an 80 yard run. I think yeah. that's his career long. Yeah. And that was at his heaviest. Well, well, I, yeah. He may have ripped y'all, but it's no telling how many times he ripped the Bengals. Oh, my and, God. And every time. I'm still you were normally with me watching. It was uh, y'all remember when he banged Patrick's head off the ground when oh he stepped on? Yes. yes. Oh <laughs> we God. could go on. We could just do a podcast on the Steelers whooping up on the Bengals. Okay. <laughs> man, that's why. That's why I'm dreading the Steelers episode, man. I'm dreading oh that so gosh. much. But guys, let's look at the oh. offensive line a little bit. So left tackle, y'all, you know, projecting that's going to be Russell Ocon. Yeah. Okay. Now for left guard, I have two guys. I have Dennis Daly or Greg Little. Which, which, but now, Pete, I know you said you could see Greg Little kicking inside a little bit. Uh, what do you think about that? Is it going to be daily or little? I think at the end of the day, it will be daily, or at least, you know, to start the season, and we'll see what happens. Um, I think daily is just a little more suited to play guard immediately. Um, I just think Little has the potential to do it because he's a, he's pretty athletic, and he's, we, we use the first, I think, a first round big on um, to get him. You know the reps, but uh, I liked what I saw at a daily last year when he was playing left tackle. Um, I think the film caught up to him a little bit. He kind of was a one trick pony, but he he's got potential. Um, I think we'll see him at that guard spot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, daily played uh, a lot more reps last year. A little had some concussion issues, I believe. So yeah. I think daily just with experience and. And then, uh, you know, at center, I have Matt Paradis. Yeah, that's um, who 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 had a really good run with the Broncos, but then last year did not do as well as I expected him yeah, to. he didn't. We'll see if he can uh, improve this year. At right guard, I have Michael Schofield. I don't think anyone's going to beat him out. He did really well last year. And then right tackle, obviously, Taylor Moten. Love Taylor Moten. Taylor Moten's a dog. One of the most underrated tackles in the NFL. I said. Yeah, he's, he's – uh, <laughs> He just shows up to work and he just balls people and he doesn't make mistakes. He's he's just always there. He's in that. He 
he covers that side well. I wish he was so, a good left tackle. So offense overall, still what grade do you give the offense overall looking at it on paper? You know, just A through F. A through F. Um, I'd say I'd say a B minus. B minus. I mean, you know, a lot of it's going to be a lot of shotgun four and five wide receiver sets. Mm. The Joe Brady's system um, that could definitely improve into an A net going into next year with some more talent and stuff. But I think we're going to be explosive. Your Panthers are always explosive. Like I said, that year 2015. I thought the Cardinals were going to beat you guys in the playoffs. And y'all just ripped them. Ass. What did y'all drop on them? How many points? It was like 40, 40 wasn't yeah. it? We whooped their yeah, ass. Yeah, it had to be nothing there. Yeah, so so I feel like the Panthers are always explosive. They always have good plays drawn up. And then you get Joe Brady in there. That's absolutely ridiculous. I think any NFL team fan would love to have Joe Brady. What do you think? I mean, I think, I think we're going to see a bit of a different style of Panthers football this year. Um, I think it's still going to be a keep pounding type atmosphere, but it's going to look different. Right. You know, it's going to, you're still going to be pounding the ball, but it's going to be different formations. It's going to be like steel side. It's going to be wider. Right. You know, there's going to be, we're not going to show your hand as much. Yeah. Well, like, like Ron, Ron Rivera was a defensive minded head coach. Hiring rule, rules always y'all, been off. Y'all lined it up and ran it down people's throat. Yeah, and, and, and always had a tough defense. Now I think the strength is going to be our offense moving forward. Absolutely. So. So you give it for a at least B- minus. two years. Well, for going into this going year. Going into this year, you yeah. give it a B minus. Okay, Pete, what, what is your grade um, A through F for the uh, offense on paper, and why do you give it that grade? Yeah, I'll give it I'll give it a flat B. Uh, this is assuming assuming we don't lose a lot of the the early preseason stuff and training camp because of the obviously concerns with the coronavirus, um, just because – learning new schemes and whatnot. Assuming everything's full speed, I think the flat B, uh, similar to what Steele said, I, I just think we have too many skilled players to not to not be a good offense. As long as the line can give uh, Ted, Teddy just enough time, and I think the plays will be designed to where he doesn't need that much time, I think it's going to be, you know, that's why you get all these guys. They're going to run quick routes. They're going to they're gonna just hit you, get the ball in the quarterback's hands as fast as possible and limit the turnovers. Um, if you look at even – even though this wasn't Joe Brady, but last year when when Kyle Allen just was not turning over the football, the offense was thriving. Now we have a more offensive-minded coach, and if we get a quarterback that can not turn over the football, I think it's going to thrive. Um, hopefully we'll take the load off McCaffrey a little bit. Um, I know he wants it. I know he can handle it, but I know I, I want him there in two years when, when hopefully Brady and Breeze are out. <laughs> But, uh, like I said, I think we'll be fast. I think we'll be explosive. I think we'll confuse a lot of teams with a lot of misdirection, kind of like what the Niners do. Um, So I give us a B. I think the only thing that holds us back is our offensive line and then us, you know, it being a new coaching system. And then I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to push the ball to win us a lot of games. I think he'll be great at handling this offense. But that's why I give him a B instead of an A. Yeah. Teddy's going to be an A-plus game manager. You know, one thing, yeah. and I'll get back to you and Jake and Bo. Joe Brady said something. They were asking about his offense during his press conference, and he said, I put my players in the best position to succeed, get them in space. Yeah. And he utilizes space in his offense better than, you know, anyone last year in college football, obviously. So yeah. I'm excited, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the whole thing with uh, Christian McCaffrey, like Pete said, like last year he carried the load. It was, you know, it's impressive when anybody can His do offense. that. But, but yeah, as offense um, is concerned, but McCaffrey did it in an 
I think it was just insane how well he played when all of the attention is on him. And he just still making guys miss, breaking huge runs. I think it just goes to show how talented this guy is. And now you're giving this guy help. And I'm not trying to sound like uh, Cam Newton's not good, but I mean, you get this guy, get a uh, healthy quarterback in there. Uh, you know, someone's going to be on the field. You know, a younger quarterback in there. You you got another weapon at wide receiver now. DJ Moore just had a big season. I mean, yeah. well, the pieces are there. I think what I think I guess what Pete said was. The, their biggest weakness is going to be something they can't control, and that's prep time. They're not, they might not get in the hours that they need to put this offense H- in. How about in this? Time. Can you call that a weakness, though, seeing as every other team's going through it, too? I mean, With no, a new well, not every team is a new scheme. Yeah. I think okay, teams, okay, I, okay I'll agree with you. I'll agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Steelers have, been running the same thing 20 years. Teams that, yeah, teams that have the, uh, the, the quarterback, head coach, offensive coordinator relationship established – will be just fine if we go into the season kind of like a lockout and there's no, you know, there's no training camp and whatnot. Teams that will hurt from any concerns with the virus would be teams like us who have new quarterback, new coach, new offensive coordinator. And, you know, yeah, I think, I think if we can get the scheme down, it will be great. I mean, DJ Moore. going to have to go to level-headed. Yeah, you just, you just gotta, you gotta know that, that this could really debilitate our offense and it don't, don't get scared away if it doesn't work in the first year because it's going to work offensively in Carolina at some point soon. There's a reason y'all gave Rule a seven-year deal. Yep. Yeah. Well, I give the offense an A-. minus. I think y'all have solid players everywhere. The only real question I think could maybe be um, an offensive line position or tight end because Ian Thomas isn't um, – O-line depth. With depth. Okay, More depth. Than, that, that'd be a better there's way talent to across the line. But then Ian Thomas, a lot of people aren't familiar with him. We haven't seen him play a he's whole not lot. Proven. Yeah, he's not proven. So, I mean, that's the only weakness I see. I mean, you go anywhere else. I mean, DJ Moore's, I mean, DJ Moore's a good wide receiver. Robbie Anderson, we know what this guy can do. He's a good vertical threat. Curtis Samuel, like still said, still high on this guy. I am too. I, I think he's a, a really good, um, sneaky good receiver. Um, he's been making plays. So he, yeah, he's not very makes, sneaky. Always makes plays. So I give it, I give it an A minus. I, I think this team has a lot of potential. But let's let's look at the defense, guys. Um, a lot of this defense has changed because of guys that have left and also the guys that just got drafted. So I'm gonna run through what I think it's gonna look like on paper, and I want you guys to give me your thoughts. Okay. So, like I said, y'all are moving to a four-three defense. Okay. So I, my left defensive end is I, I have YGM there, but I know you hate it when I call him YGM, but I'm gonna call him that anyway. Uh, Yetro Gross Matos. As, too many at, of those now. At, at left defensive end, uh, D tackle Kawan Short, D tackle Derek Brown, and right defensive end Brian Burns. Um, I think both those guys will play hand in the ground and be very, very good at it. Um, the will linebacker, I think Shaq Thompson. The Mike is to hear Whitehead, and the Sam is Jermaine Carter. Um, left cornerback Dante Jackson, who is a burner, absolute burner. Um, strong safety is Jeremy Chan. Free safety is Trey Boston. And my right cornerback, I think it's Troy Pride Jr. I think he comes down and he starts right away. Uh, I think he has the potential to do so. Uh, what do you guys think? Did, do, am I wrong on anything, or is that pretty much what you guys think? Pete, I'll let you go first. Yeah, man. Um, I, I got one correction. We did run the 4-3 last year. Um, Okay, did you Okay, maybe I'll read that right. That is part of the reason why we got ran all over. Um, it worked. Pass rush, we, we led the league in sacks for most of the year. I think we finished second or third. Um, but it, it messed up all the gap control. And even Luke Kuechly looked lost sometimes. It, it, it was a disaster. But I think that's why we drafted the players we drafted. Um, 
I think I think these guys are accustomed to playing in the four three. I think to hear a whitehead, um, you know, I, I, Raiders fans will say he's a liability in pass coverage, but he the, that guy can control gaps. And I, Shaq Thompson's a little bit of a hybrid player himself. And I think he can handle most of the pass coverage with along with uh, Chin giving some support. So um, you know, I I think that's a pretty good projected lineup. Uh, I know we got Justin Burris, I think from the Browns. I think he might get some starting reps or at least some formidable minutes just because he's a veteran. Um, he's played a little bit in the league. He's gotten some game time. Uh, he's he's, he's an okay-looking talent. Um, seems like this will be Trey Boston and Shaq Thompson's defense. They're the vocal leaders, um, which is great. I, I like both those guys a lot. Um, I'm excited yeah, to see I mean, Trey Boston bring Chin along. Yeah, yeah I think I – think I think he's uh, – Trey Boston likes to lay, lay a big hit on somebody when he gets the opportunity, so I, I think he'll probably and go he's to worked his that. way from the bottom to a player yep. that is now on a long-term deal. And, and I agree. And if Chen's first year isn't so successful, you have that mentorship to show, hey, man, just keep your head in the game. In three years, right. you could be the best safety in this division. Right. I agree that I think Troy Pride's going to start off the bat um, – him and him and Dante are going to make some like really exciting plays. They might get some pick sixes. Uh, they're going to get burned deep a few times too because they're 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 gamblers. They're, they're all or nothing players, um, which which will make it exciting, uh, which we'll have for the learning curve. But um, you know, it's I think it's a stout unit. It's going to be good. I I think Jermaine Carter Jr. might see some reps as a, as a starting linebacker. Um, he's a guy we drafted a couple of years ago, and I think out of Maryland. Yep. Yeah, fifth round pick. He's uh he's he's played good special team minutes. I think he could be a good tackler and, and uh, he kind of knows where to be on the field. Um, yeah, like I said, I see I see Carter um starting for you guys, yeah. Sam. Still, what, what do you think? Was I right? Like like Pete said, he he had a couple of changes. But what, what do you think about the defensive um, lineup? I mean, for the most part, I think you're right. I mean, you know. I think YGM is a little raw to be the starter on the depth chart, but, I mean, maybe by midseason he's taking most of those uh, snaps. Troy Pride's definitely going to start opposite Dante Jackson. Uh, Dante Jackson needs to step it up this year, for sure, in his third year. Um, Bo over here mentioned a Trey Boston because he's a Tar Heel. I like that. Yeah, sir. Yeah. yeah. But um, I I know Rule is very high on Jermaine Carter. Yeah. Um, and he played a lot of, at the end last year. Um I think maybe Luke or somebody else was hurt or was, you know, end of the year anyway. But, yeah, no, I pretty much reiterate everything um, Pete said. I think uh, for the most part you got it right. So let me ask. Go ahead, Pete. Go ahead. I had a little bit of Brian Burns knowledge I was going to throw out there for some people that that might not realize how good he actually is. Um, All right, throw it out there. Throw it out there. We all know Nick Bosa was – Quite the player last year, defensive rookie of the year. Nick Bosa had nine, yeah, <laughs> nine sacks, a forced fumble, interception, two fumble companies, and a touchdown. And he played 777 snaps. Well, Brian Burns played 60% of those snaps. He only played 400 something snaps. Brian Burns had seven and a half sacks, a forced fumble, fumble recovery, and a touchdown. So he had one less, well, a sack and a half less than the defensive rookie of the year on 40% less of the snap count. That's how good Brian Burns is going to be, I think, for a long time. Pretty crazy. He would have put up even better stuff. He had a, a stupid injury. He slammed his fist into the turf and broke his wrist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he would have played a lot better. And then once Perry Fuel came in, 
he didn't play him as much for uh, Bruce Irvin. But no, Brian I, Burns is a beast. I think the big thing about Brian Burns is you know watching this guy's tape coming out of Florida State. Talent wasn't the issue; it was weight. He needed to put on weight, um, get some weight on his frame. He had all of that. He was very polished coming out. I know you watched some of it too, Bo. Oh, yeah. um, very good bend in his game. Maybe some of the best bend in that class. Um, it I takes just a it, solid guy to set the edge in the NFL. Well, yeah. I mean, you want to set the edge and contain. That that's the biggest. Yeah. That's that's their biggest job. Yeah. And he just didn't have the weight, but he still played so well last year. And now this guy's getting even more in shape. And like like you know like you said, still YGM's across from him right now. I think this Panthers. I'm really excited to watch this team. I just really am. I think this defense has a ton of potential, especially moving forward. So, so I, I can't I can't wait to see what they do. I think we're gonna win more games than people think we are. I think you are too. I'm, okay, let me get. Okay, all right. Still, what's your prediction? How many games do you guys win? So Vegas has us at five and a half. I'm taking. I'm hammering the over on that. Okay. I'd say <laughs> six and ten, seven and nine, safe six and ten. I, I, my prediction would be six and ten. Okay, so I saw the same thing. Well, you said it was five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too much talent on offense, and I think upcoming talent on the defense to only win uh, five, six games. I, I, I agree with still. I'm saying they go eight and eight. I, I don't see them having a losing record. I think Teddy Bridgewater is the guy they need to come in um, that's talented enough to lead the offense. You've got Christian McCaffrey. I, I can't keep saying it enough. Um, you've got good wide receivers. Robbie Anderson, I think that was a huge steal. I think he's going to be really good in Carolina. Yeah, um, the offensive line is better now. Y'all, y'all made moves the offensive line. The defense, you've got studs all over the place. They're rookies, albeit, but they're studs. And um, I think the coaching staff is great, too. Y'all have made changes to coaching. So I, I think y'all have an eight and eight seasons. Uh, Bo, what do you think? It's hard to put a number on that, um, but like exact. But I'll say seven. This is in the middle. Um, and I think that that's a big improvement. I mean, the things that the defense is going to look like a work in progress, which is fine. Like, it's, it's totally normal. I mean, you just drafted seven guys to play in that defense. <laughs> Yeah, like like his eleven positions. He just drafted seven new defensive players or six, whatever it is. I don't know how many is it. Well, you got you got probably six, five or six guys that are starting immediately from the draft. Yeah, I would say. I mean, that's a there's gonna be holes, but it's gonna be something to grow on. You know what I mean? I mean, what do you think the plan? Okay, Pete. Still, let me ask you this: Kenny Robinson, like Bo was saying, this guy's already got pro um, experience. The XFL. He was a stud at West Virginia. Just had some issues with academic fraud. Where do y'all throw him in in the defense? I mean, I don't That's think a, you can keep this. You can't keep this yeah. guy off the field. I think it's. I think he might be. Uh, see, the good thing about drafting these athletic kind of fast safeties is you can groom them to play almost anywhere. I think. I think uh, we might entertain the idea of trying him out a nickel. Um, yeah. Put him in the middle of the field. Let him see how he can do. Um, cause that was, that's a weakness of ours. Um, uh, I think we could, I mean, he's like, you say, he's just too good to be sitting on the bench. But, uh, I think another reason we drafted him is you could see the theme in rules defense is to keep drafting the guys that are as close to the guy ahead of them on the depth chart and athletic capabilities. That way the scheme doesn't change. Do you know, um, if he has reps at nickel, he played corner at West Virginia. And nickel, yeah. like nickel corner. Yeah, he played star, and that's what I was going to say. Different than the outside. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say star. That's that's pretty much becoming one of the most important positions. Oh yeah, yeah. star is huge. And like I said, Pete, like you just said, Kenny Robinson. I don't think you can keep him off the field. And if you go into a package like heavy nickel, Kenny Robinson's a perfect guy to throw in. You no, know, he's a ball hawk too. Yeah, he yeah. lays dudes out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know. Yeah. 
What, what did you say? He was all um, all Big Ten. All Big Ten. Yeah, it's unreal. And you know, it's kind of unfortunate the guy fell because of stuff that happened to him. Just it, but unfortunate still. circumstances. We've all done stupid stuff. I mean, the yeah. guy, the guy makes it to the XFL. Hey. XFL goes under. I mean, it's not unfortunate for the Panthers. No, 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 absolutely not. It's very fortunate for the Panthers. Good value. Um, very, very good value. So, what position worries you? Still, let me ask you this: What position worries you the most on D? Is it corner? Because I feel like it'd be corner for me. Corner. Uh, Dante Jackson got exposed a couple times last year after a really promising rookie year. Um, if he improves, Troy Pride's got elite speed as well as Dante. It could be better. That's that's the one area I'd point to that I'm most concerned about. What are you most happy with? The front four. Front four. Yeah. Just uh, front four the, in general. The, you know, the depth that we drafted um, with the guys that we already have there and the guys we added in free agency, I think that's our strength on defense now. Pete, would you agree that corner is your biggest weakness as a team on defense? Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 it was, you know, nickel was an issue last year. Dante Jackson became an issue last year. Um, it's it's going to be the glaring issue. Um, I think we'll, if it still is an issue, we might even try to address it in this upcoming next year's draft. I think you just have to start with the front four. I think you build defenses inside out. Um, you can get by with average corner play. You can't get by with average or below average front front line play um so sure. i think it'll be the weakest point we'll get like i said we'll, we'll give up some big plays this year um over the top every now and then but um it's just it's uh gotta have a weak hole somewhere especially when you're coming off of two losing seasons and i think that's that's the area yeah absolutely i mean i think like i said i think the defense is all right overall but i think it's crazy how fast things change in the nfl not too long ago, it was James Bradbury and Daryl Worley. And me and you still, we were talking to someone. We were like, okay, you know, these guys, we may be set at corner for a little while. And now they're both gone, gone. already. Yeah. Already, they're gone. And I think it just goes to show how fast, like, if you're not doing your job in the NFL, it, you're done. Like, you're, you're moving on. The team's getting rid of you because they don't have time for um, for people not to do their jobs in the NFL. But I do want to do this guy. Was, he commanded too much money. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Well, he did want too much money. We're not paying Bradbury yeah. that. No, what did he want he, again? He, he was good. Fifteen. Well, he wanted fifteen he mil a year. Yeah. yeah, I'm not paying Bradbury that money. I, you know, I think he was solid, but I, I'm not paying him that kind of money. Mm-hmm. But I do want to do this with you guys now. So, um, in the short time the Panthers have been around compared to other teams, who are the top five Panthers all time? And I'm going to give you my list first, okay? I wanted to hit you guys. I didn't want to tell you guys about this before the podcast. I wanted this to come from the heart, see what you guys thought. But here's my list. Starting at number five, it's Thomas Davis. Go Georgia. I think he was a great player. Came through injuries. um, Had some great seasons with you guys. Number four, and this may be surprising that I have him this far back, is Julius Peppers. I have him at number four. Obviously an all-time great Panther. Number three is Luke Keekley. Two is Steve Smith. And number one is Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton's the greatest Carolina player to ever play. Yeah. Well, let me ask. Okay, Bo, do you have a list? Do you want to give your list? I mean, it's pretty much a variant of yours. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's – I don't know if I'd have – Thomas Davis has got me a little on the, yeah. the stuck side. but And I think you got Julius Peppers disrespectfully far back. Yeah. But I don't see how you could put Julius Peppers up ahead of Luke Keekley. I don't I think see that. Steve Smith, Cam, and Julius are the top three. Steve Smith, Cam, and Julius. So you don't, you don't think Luke Keekley's a top three Panther? So it's not too bad for him to be four, but dude, Julius Peppers. Yeah, All right, can't. so okay, let me hear this. Let me hear this then. Still, give me your list. Dude, that's so tough, man. <laughs> who, okay, who is the best Panther of all time? Go ahead and just give me that. Who you think oh, it is? Man, my favorite Panther of all time is Steve Smith. Um, probably the best Panther of all time, and, and what he meant to the city, 
is Cam Newton. I mean, he's a quarterback, NFL MVP, led us to a Super Bowl, awesome season, fifteen and one. Um, but you know, all those guys you threw in there, and then you gotta you gotta wind the clocks back and go, you know, the Jonathan Stewart's, the D'Angelo Williams, those guys, you know. And, and you don't have a D'Angelo's lot of guys to pick one. from because yeah. y'all have only been around since '95. Yeah. So, so you don't like other teams. You can go way back into the '70s, '80s, '60s. You can't do with that with the Panthers. Right. Um, Pete, Pete, who is your best Panther of all time? Yeah, I mean, uh, just like Steels, I mean, Steve Smith's my favorite ever. Um, he's, I, he's, I think, the reason I went from a fan to an obsessed person with the Panthers. Uh, just, I love everything about him. I think he's the last receiver to get that football triple crown, as they call it, lead the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Um, That's true. I believe nobody's done it since. But like I said, Camp's a quarterback, taking us to the best season in franchise history. Made us relevant consistently. Um, broke has an absurd amount of records to his name. League MVP. He's he's just got to be the greatest. Um, so I'd go Cam first, Steve Smith second, Julius Peppers behind him. Um, but then I get kind of depending on what day I get, what day of the week you ask me. I have the other two spots I trouble have trouble filling because I love all these guys so much. I agree with that top three too. It's just hard for me. I know. I know you are saying I'm disrespecting Julius Peppers. I love Julius Peppers. Like, I'm a big fan of Julius Peppers. But I just think Luke Keekley, the emotion that guy brought to the field every game, and you saw how hard it was for him to lead. Julius to. Peppers like top. Yeah, he's like he's like top three all time in sacks. I mean, that's. I think that says it. Well, if that if we're going by that, then he'd be number one on the list. No, you, you got to how good they were all one. time, you know. Because he, 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 he left Carolina for a while, though. Cut short. I mean, I mean, Luke Hickley never left the Panthers. You know, Peppers did. Yeah. But I, then I it, it, did, he did return, but. Thomas Davis is up there for me. He's he's my second or third favorite Panther all time. He, speaking of emotion brought to the field, this dude brought it every Greg day. Greg Olson not make this list? Greg Olson did Greg make Olson my does list. not make my top five. So, I have honorable yeah. mentions. Uh, Jordan Gross is – we haven't <laughs> – We've changed the left tackle position every single year since he's retired. Um, <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like that's how that's how much Jordan Gross meant to this team. He was the best left tackle we've had, and he he's could sneak into a late round of the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's a great left tackle. He's he's maybe six or seven. Uh, Greg Olson's close. Uh, Jake DeLome, you know, brought us to a Super Bowl. Um, it's true. And then uh, one personal pair of mine. I loved Mike Minner, uh, old safety. Ooh, that man. was my boy. I, got I Lucy think Muhammad to throw in there. Yeah, yeah, I love Moose. Um, but th- those are some of the guys that just always got to be in the discussion. I think. I agree. I think there's. I think you can go a lot of different ways. Like I said, you don't have as many guys to pick from. That that's different from most teams. I mean, like I said, you can go way back with a lot of teams, but you can only go back to '95 with the Panthers. Um, but let me let me ask you guys this. I, I got to ask you this. I'm going to ask you stuff that's off topic from the Panthers now. We've talked about all this Panther stuff, so I want to talk about some other stuff. Still, you were the guy that wanted to talk about some other stuff, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. Um, what team is your sleeper team still? What team comes out and surprises people that, that people maybe they're not thinking of or maybe they're, they're high on them, but they're not high enough? Oh, man. Uh, well, last year, you know, I'm just trying to think to everybody. Last year, my team was the Jets, and – Jets were a quiet seven and nine. CJ Mosley got hurt. Record. Sam Darnold got mono. They just had a good draft. I did think. They take, did they take Mims? They took Mims. They took Mims. And, and, and Mikai Becton. I think Sam Darnold's the truth, but I think the Jets would be my team. Okay. Uh, Bo, who's your sleeper pick? Uh, he kind of took the words out of my mouth. 
they, they had a lot of quiet things going for them last year, and they did nothing but build on that. I'm not an Adam Gase guy, but sometimes when you fill a room with enough talent, things happen. You know. So so I'm not an Adam. Gase I'm a guy. Joe Douglas guy. Okay, I'm a Joe, Joe big Joe Douglas guy, but you can Adam Gase. Can build I'm not a, a team. fan. I'm not a fan of Adam Gase at all. At all. I don't, well, I don't building and orchestrating it. a team is two different things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me ask you guys this. Is, would, would the Bills be considered a sleeper at no. this point? Would, no. would you not say that, so? Not with Brady gone. I think people yeah. expect them to do well this year, They're especially after favorites. making the playoffs. Yeah, okay. Now, Pete, let me hear your uh, sleeper team real quick. Now I'll give you mine. All right. Um, I think – I don't know how great they'd be, but I think the Miami Dolphins are going to win some games next year. Um I, th- I think they'll be in the hunt. I think they'll they'll cause trouble in that division. I think they are assuming they have an off season as well as we talked about. Um, I think they 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 showed promise at some of the right positions last year, and I think they plugged the rest of them up. I, I just think they'll be fun to watch. I agree. Do you think that Tua starts immediately? No, he shouldn't. No. What week does he start? I think he should sit the whole year. Old call. Okay. But so yeah, you think I, just I, make sure he's right, man. Medically wise. So my sleeper team next year, and it shouldn't be a sleeper team because of how much talent is on the team, but they just took care of a position that I just wasn't a fan of the guy they drafted um, at the position a, uh, a couple of years ago, and I think they just got a guy in there that can actually make some moves and help the offense. The Bears are my sleeper team. I think they've got they've got the good defense. Now they've got Nick Foles, the Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Um, I don't – I never was a huge fan of Mr. Bisky. I didn't like him coming out of UNC. Sorry, Bo. I just did not like him coming out. I didn't think he was um, ready. I think he should have stayed longer. I think he would have been really well, good. He if started he like longer. twelve games. That's true, and, and I think it hurt. But it's the same thing with Dwayne Haskins. You know, Dwayne Haskins only played a season as a starter, and, and you know, some guys can do that, some guys can't. But um, I just I wasn't a huge fan of Trubisky, and I think Nick Foles, having the experience he does, and he's won a Super Bowl, I think he can help that offense. Out. They I still have, think you're going to see both of them start over three games each. You know what I mean? Oh, I bet, I bet you will. I guarantee more, you will. You know what I mean? But like I said, I think there's a lot of changes coming to the Bears' front office. But I, they're my sleeper team. Um, like I said, it's not as good as a sleeper team as the Jets because we all know the Bears are – they just won their division how long ago? I mean, what, three three seasons ago? Two they won years the, ago. Two years? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not much of a sleeper pick. I might got a better Bisky's one. rookie year. Denver Broncos. Okay. Drew Locke won this draft, I, man. Yeah, I considered them. They were on my list, and they got Melvin Gordon, too. Yeah, I think their offense is going to be ready. That that defense, they can rush the quarterback. Well, I like them a lot. Oh, yeah. years. The person I like, they just got Jarrell Casey on the big line. And so, with the Broncos, though, their cornerbacks kind of did some – like, Chris Harris is gone, right? They got A.J. Bouye, right? Yeah. They got A.J. Bouye. Yeah, I do, boy. I too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Justin Franchise tag, tag, Justin Simmons. Is he, is he locked in to play in Denver? Who is it? I'm not sure. Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons, he's, no, he's franchise tag. He's tagged. Okay, okay. So, yeah. I think, okay, I couldn't agree more with the, the Denver Broncos pick. I think they really believe in Drew Locke. If they didn't, they wouldn't be investing this much into oh, it. Because yeah. when you believe in your quarterback, unless you're the Green Bay Packers, you help them. <laughs> I mean, you you help them if, if you believe in them. I mean, really, I mean, I, I – I can't even get started with the Aaron Rodgers thing because I, I, my blood's already boiling. Uh, don't even I just since just, I even brought it up. Yeah, but I, I, I'm uh, Drew Locke. I think he had a lot of talent. Um, you were high on him still coming out. He's got a cannon. He, he does have a cannon. You give him a slot guy like KJ Hamler. You already got a good size guy, Cortland Sutton there. 
And then you get Jerry Judy in there, too. You've got Noah Fant, a first-round tight end from last year. The offensive line, eh, you could probably use some work. Garrett Bowles hasn't panned out the way we thought he would. But I think – I couldn't agree more still. I think – Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Who's RB1? Melvin. Melvin. Melvin Gordon, you really think so? I guarantee you yeah, it's Philip yeah. Lindsay. I guarantee me. I guarantee you, Phil Lindsay. Why do you make someone the fourth highest paid running back in the league and then not start? I'm just telling you, because Lindsay's done nothing to lose that job. And Lindsay's had back to back with thousand yard seasons. I mean, besides good receiving game, knows the offense already. I'm telling you, he's going to be the. uh, The team did something for him to lose that job. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. okay, We'll see. Hey, write it down. You always write down the stuff. Let's keep up with it. We keep up with all this stuff. I'm going to follow this to see who wins this one. I'll follow this. Please follow yeah. this. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Wait, what's, what's Pete's prediction? Pete, Pete what's your prediction um, for, for Melvin Gordon or Flip Lindsay, RB1, and Denver? I, I, I think it's Gordon. Um, I think he does everything Lindsay does, but a little bit better. I think, I think he's a better runner of the football, and I think Lindsay will be a, a serviceable third down back. Lindsay will be playing somewhere else very soon. I won't be happy. Having you back on here, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back on to tell you I was right. All right, all right. Listen, guys. So right, here's my next question: Who is our MVP winner this upcoming season? All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Russell Wilson. Um, I just I think the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are gonna have a sneaky, really. I think they might be in the Super Bowl. Honestly, I, I just think they'll be that good, and it's gonna start and with Russell Wilson. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say Russell Wilson. But I, so I'm gonna make a different one now. I think the most motivated player in the league right now is Aaron Rodgers. Man, I hear this every season from Steelers. I, I swear to God, it's every season he picks Aaron Rodgers to win. I'm sorry, man, but they they just disrespected this man. They did, and he has the don't God, I'm he has the most motivation he's probably ever had. But in his will career. he have the weapons to put the numbers That's up? That's the question. That's the question. Will he have the weapons to do? If anyone could do it, I say it's Mahomes or Rodgers without the weapons. I think those guys are the two yeah, most absolutely. talented. Yeah. Russell Wilson too. I'd include him. I mean, we see what he does time and time again with a number two wide receiver. He's been doing one. it without weapons. Yeah, yeah. So, so Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I just didn't want to pick a Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes because those are the, going to be the two favorites, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bo, what's your prediction? Who's our MVP this year? Um, well, the Russell Wilson's a great pick, but I'm not going to go three straight Russell Wilsons. But I'll throw Pat Mahomes back in it. Okay. Uh, you were talking about earlier today. It's probably the greatest quarterback talent we've ever seen. I believe that wholeheartedly. Without a question, I could see him winning three of these things over the course of his career, or more. Who knows? I mean, it's a quarterback award. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But let, let me—I'm uh, gonna go a completely different direction from everybody, and I'm gonna say in his last season, um, even though he signed a two-year deal, Drew Brees wins MVP. And he rides out of the uh, league with an MVP this year. But I see him doing it. I think that's going to be the uh, the last little notch on his career. Um, and it's kind of going to go into our next question. Guys, who is the matchup in the Super Bowl this upcoming season? And then I want you to tell me who wins it. So, still, I'm going to let you pick your matchup first. Or do you want Bo to go first? you want to think about it for a minute? I, I got it. Okay. Still, go ahead and tell me. <clears throat> I think it, uh, the AFC, it's got to be the Ravens. Okay. Um, they they're just so much improved. How can you be more improved? You know, they got J.K. Dobbins. Uh, who did they? Who else? They, they picked up Devin um, Duvernay. Devin, Devin, Devin Duvernay. Devin they picked Duvernay. up replacements. Picked up replacements to uh, help out with the loss of Yonda. Added Calais Campbell, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Got him for Bredson. a bargain. Got Bredson. him for a bargain. Do what? Didn't they take Ben Bredson? Bredson. 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 Yeah. Ben Bredson. Calais Campbell's underrated. That 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 not he's not underrated. That that move was underrated. Cause like you, I think you were saying it, but 
They got him for a bargain. It was like a fifth-round pick. They got Calais yeah. Campbell for. I don't think the money they're going to pay him this year is a bargain, but what they gave up in the trade is a bargain. Like, you still have to give him that $15 million tag yep. at his age. And you're not going to get him for less than that. Yeah. So, and I mean, I don't think this is a one to two year problem solver for now. But I think where they're really going to run to it is if he can't do it alone. Right. You can double team that guy. You can chip him, whatever you want. But Derek Wolf's going to stay out of the training room and he's help all, him like take on. We were talking about it earlier. He's always hurt. Yeah. But when, like you said, when he's out there, he's a good contributing he's a good, five tag. He's, he's, if he's out there 14 games, Calais Campbell is going to have a much better season. All right, sure. so you said Ravens. You, you think they're improved enough to be there. Yeah, and NFC is tough. In, NFC Championship, I think I have Baltimore and Philly. Um, Carson Wentz is going to – I'll change my MVP pick to Carson Wentz. But back to this, I think the Seahawks are going to make the Super Bowl and the Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl against the Ravens. Yeah. Seahawks win the Super yeah. Bowl. All right, but what's your prediction? Uh, well, Ravens coming out of the AFC um, – they're clearly the best team. The rich got richer, at least the best team in our division. And I don't see who's going to be able to stop them firepower-wise down the line next year. I mean, they're going to be able to run it down your throat. They added more receivers, you know what I mean, two more rookies, big playmakers. Uh, Devin Duvernay is going to be deadly underneath. I wouldn't he's got look that thr- speed, man. I don't think he's going to score a ton of touchdowns, but he's going to get them in the red zone. You know what I mean? He's going to eat up the middle of the field. And then they got guys like Prochet to high point the ball. You got Mark Andrews at tight end. I mean, we, yeah, you get him and Prochet, you chuck it up to either one of them you want. You know, don't, you run double fades. It'll work. And I mean, Miles Boykin's huge, but I'm not high on him. I'm not high on Miles Boykin. I think he's like a poor man's Claypool, the one that, you know, that we just got out of uh, Notre Dame this year. Great pick, by the way. Yeah, it's a good pick. I think that's what they wanted him to be, yeah. an aggressive downfield blocker. But there's no separation there. Mm. And his route tree really isn't that pretty. No, it's yeah. not. So, it's um, not. but they they got better, and I think J.K. Dobbins is going to get Mark Ingram some rotational, like you know, just rest. It's going to be scary. That's scary. It's going to be real scary. J.K. Dobbins can take it sixty to a house. Yeah, and, and either way you want to do it in the air or on the ground. Oh yeah, they have a big offensive line too, man. Yeah, Ronnie Stanley. Oh yeah, uh, I'm, the I'm big loss was Yonda, but like yeah. I said, they 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 addressed that. He was still playing good, too. He was. He was. He was a um, pro bowler last year, right? Wasn't he bowl? Mm-hmm. Bowl. Yeah. Bowl. And, but my NFC pick, um, I'm going with the Saints. And it's because I feel like we could end up with four Seahawks here. Does, does Drew Brees get a Super Bowl to ride out into the sunset with? Oh, no. I'm picking the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just me. Um, but I think the Saints have a good roster, and they orchestrate it pretty well every year. Um but I, I can see Breeze catching some heartbreak this year. They just right. seem, for some reason, they struggle with it at the, when it comes down to the very end. They make mistakes. They do. And, well, okay, they, I can't say they make mistakes because look what happened to them. It was atrocious what happened to them with the Rams. Okay, but that then was atrocious. Breeze goes and throws us a pick. Just I'm just saying. saying, I'm just saying. And they got the ball back. They did, they did. But uh, I think they could have put point. the game away. But, um, okay, so my pick, it's pretty much it's a lot of the same thing. It's... Ravens versus uh, Seahawks, and like Still said, all all year mine's been the Seattle Seahawks winning. I think Russell Wilson. This is a guy that we we see how good he is when he doesn't have that great of weapons. Like I said, he is normally playing. His number one wide right receiver is normally a number two on most teams in Tyler Lockett, and I think you give him now. You've got DK 
Kate Metcalf getting another year. You've got Tyler Lockett in there. You've got unbelievable depth at tight end in there. You've got uh, Greg Olson, who can teach these young guys. You've got Hollister. You've got uh, – help Will me Disley. out here, What you say? Will Disley. Dilsley. I mean, I mean, you've got Colby Parkinson from Stanford. I was high on him. Um, Steven Sullivan from LSU. I was – he was all right. I had more of a depth guy. But – you got Chris Carson. I just love it. I think I think they um, they also made some uh, improvements to the offensive line. So so I think Russell Wilson wins it this year. I think he, he gets another one, and um, I think Lamar Jackson at some point comes back with a vengeance, wanting to uh, get that Super Bowl. You think Bowl. their defense is good enough? I mean, I don't think the Chiefs' defense was good enough last year. They signed Clowney. We do, you think? <laughs> we do what? If they re-sign Clowney, I don't think they are. No, Clowney's going. I think. I think they might re-sign him. I think his value might be driving down and. He'll stay for the chance like to compete. Have to get down to like fourteen mil before they sign him or something like that. Maybe even less. Yeah, I yeah. think they'll give him all another year. But uh, uh, Pete, let me hear your uh, Super Bowl matchup, man, and who I, wins I, it? It's gonna sound it's gonna sound like a broken record, but I swear I had this going in. I had Ravens Seahawks. Um, I think the Ravens win it. I just think that obviously the like we can beat the drum all day. The rich got richer. They're they're just there's no holes in that team anymore. Um, most importantly, you've got a, a Lamar Jackson who has, you know, had his heart broken in the playoffs twice now. I think he's, he's tired of that narrative. I think he's ready to come out and prove that he can play in the playoffs. And I think he will light it up, um, both with his arm and his legs. I, I think they'll just march their way to the Super Bowl. And then the MVP, Russell Wilson, will lead the Seahawks there. And I think the Seahawks will just come up just a little short just because how good the Ravens are going to be. Uh, I thought about, you know, I thought about, teams last year. I thought about the Chiefs. I think they'll be on the, the high of winning too much. I think it'll bite them for a few games and knock them back a little bit. And I think the Niners, the, the Super Bowl loss will just kind of, all the rumors around Garoppolo and stuff will, will knock them out of the top. playoffs. Certainly, yeah. Um, so I'd, I think the Ravens winning over the Seahawks in the in the way too early Super Bowl prediction. So we have two Ravens predictions and two Seahawks. I like it. Uh, we'll have to keep up, Bo, uh, all the guests, what the Super Bowl picks are, and who gets the most picks uh, for next season. But uh, Pete, still, it's been a lot of fun, guys. I appreciate y'all coming on for the first fan episode. It's been a lot of fun. Hope TSR treated you right. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Um, you guys were great. A lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. Um, and I can't wait to keep doing these fan episodes. It's, it's going to be going to be awesome. Uh, Bo, go ahead and give them your plug, man, so they know where to find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter, capital T-S-R, lowercase B-E-A-U, at T-S-R Bo. Um, usually on there just tweeting about football. You can find some of my articles on there and the links to our podcast. So just head over there and give me a follow. I'm going to give a shout-out to Blitzalytics real quick. Go follow Blitzalytics on Twitter and go visit blitzalytics.com. Go to the Members tab, find Jacob Patterson, check out the articles I've written, and check out the scouting reports that I just got done for 2020. Um, go follow me on Twitter at Scouting LLC and follow TSR on Instagram at Scouting underscore LLC. Um, as always, guys, I appreciate you guys listening. means a lot. Love the support. Um, and go subscribe. Go give a review. And go TSR. Peace out, guys. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome because it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away. No, all that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Because you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. Well, I got the dollar, get it, put it in you Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue